The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hey, everyone. A quick announcement. We just want to thank everyone who has listened, subscribed, left feedback, left comments, contacted us over the past year or so in the last 60 episodes. We really appreciate all your support, and we hope we've been putting on the best podcast possible and that you've been enjoying them. And if you're new here and this is your first time, thanks so much for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy it as well. Leslie and I have decided to take the next step for our podcast to help it to really grow. And to do that, we'd really love to have your support. So what we've done is we've set up a Patreon page. For those of you who don't know, Patreon is a way to monetarily support creators, content makers, and artists who make work that you enjoy. Our goal is for this podcast to remain ad-free. But if you've been enjoying the podcast, we'd really appreciate it if you'd consider supporting us in our work. Your support will go to helping us to fund the back end of the podcast logistics, helping us to improve our equipment, and helping us to become more creative as we help you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. You can find our Patreon page over at patreon.com slash DisneyDeciphered, and I'll leave a link in the show notes. And if you check out that page, you'll see that there are different levels of support. We hope to produce benefits for those of you who decide to join us on Patreon, including early episode releases, special bonus content, and a lot more. Don't worry, if you're not in a place right now to support the podcast financially, we totally understand. We won't be taking anything away from the main podcast. We just hope to create extra content for those of you who want to join in with us. And of course, you can always support us by leaving us a positive review on wherever you listen to our podcast. Thanks so much for listening, and thanks so much for helping us to make this podcast great. Now, on with the show. Welcome to Disney Deciphered, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. Today's episode is part one of our Fantasyland Guide, where we take a look at the many rides and attractions there are to enjoy. Find old episodes of the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or anywhere you find podcasts, and we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a positive review. Connect with us with show ideas, questions, or comments at DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com, at WDWDeciphered on Twitter, or on our Facebook page, Disney Deciphered. Thanks, and enjoy the show. I'm Joe from As Joe Flies. And I'm Leslie from Trips with Tykes. And welcome back to Disney Deciphered. So today we're going to continue on our land-by-land land guides, and we are going to take a look at Fantasyland. But the reality is, you know, Fantasyland is so expansive that we've decided to break this up into two episodes. So in this episode, we'll talk about all the uh, the rides and attractions. Uh, we will not include the characters on this episode. And then on the next episode, we will talk about everything else uh, in Fantasyland. Because honestly, Fantasyland is huge. I was just uh, preparing for this episode and I was thinking, you know, I could probably spend a full day in Fantasyland and not go anywhere else in the Magic Kingdom and uh, be happy. I don't know how you feel about Fantasyland, Leslie. Yeah, it's so true. I mean, the contrast for me is especially stark because I'm used to Fantasyland in Disneyland, which is considerably smaller and usually spend most of my time there on Disneyland trips. And as a result, I sometimes actually neglect Disney World because it just seems kind of overwhelming. <laughs> I mean, I'll, there'll be a couple of rides I'll want to hit with my kids at a certain age and stage. But like, yeah, there's there is so much. It feels almost like a mini park within the park. So speaking of the size of Fantasyland, you know, the reason why it's so much bigger or one of the reasons why it's so much bigger than Fantasyland and Disneyland or really Fantasyland anywhere 
uh, in any of the Disney parks is because from 2012 to 2014, they gradually kind of opened this new fantasy land that was originally announced in 2007. So they did a lot of renovation, really expanded the scope and the size of fantasy land, and they called it uh, new fantasy land. So, you know, that all culminated on May 28th, 2014, when they opened Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. And that was kind of like the completion of new fantasy land. Yeah, New Fantasyland, definitely better than New Coke. Yes, let's not speak of such monstrosities. <laughs> oh, also, before we get started, uh, we did want to put this out there. We have heard, first of all, thank you so much for listening and for commenting. We really appreciate that. And for sending us messages on Twitter and by email and on Facebook. We've heard the people and the people say that we must try Laugh Floor because a lot of people enjoy it. Uh, Monster Inc. Laugh Floor. So you can refer back to our Tomorrowland episode. Leslie, I am committing to going to Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor my next trip uh, to Disney World. How about you? No pressure. Yeah, I will totally do it. I, I've I've heard the the voice of the people, and I will give it a try. And I think this is really just a sign that we should probably you know stake out controversial positions so that we like get responses from people and we know that people are out there listening. What feedback? Honestly, it was, <laughs> it was amazing. So, uh, but yes, thank you everyone for listening, and thank you for everyone who commented. All right, so let's get to the rides and attractions in Fantasyland, which is uh, pretty exciting to me. I'm kind of going to make our way kind of geographically the way I would move counterclockwise again around uh, the Magic Kingdom. So, the first ride you come upon is a classic, uh, the Mad Tea Party. And so, as a reminder, you know, Leslie, we're going to just take a look at all these attractions and talk about whether. They are a always ride, usually ride, sometimes ride, or never ride for us. So Mad Tea Party, where does it stand for you and your family? For me, it's pretty close to an always ride, and there's a reason for that. The queue for Mad Tea Party is often very reasonable, even in the middle of the day. I mean, not always, not every day of the week, but I have stumbled upon it when we have run out of other things to do, of fast passes at the moment, and have found a 10-minute queue. So somehow it always ends up fitting into our day. What about you, Joe? Yeah, definitely. It's an always ride, not only because of the queue, but also because, you know, it's such a classic ride. There's lots of teacup type rides at, you know, even your local fair. But, you know, I just think something about the Disney one is special. Honestly, I had ridden it like a bunch of times with my kids as my kids got older. And they're the ones who pointed out to me that there is a uh, little I'm, a rodent there's a little, <laughs> I don't know if it's a rat or a mouse. I don't want to, I, I don't want, I don't want any more <laughs> negative feedback. So I'm like really nervous right here, but um, you know, there's a rodent type creature popping out of the teapot in the middle of the ride, which I had never noticed before. So it's an always ride for us. Uh, just a quick tip there. You know, you should be able to eyeball how long the line is. I've never waited more than kind of like two rotations of guests uh, in line. You know, you should be able to, you can literally walk around the whole entire ride, see how many people are in line and figure out how long that line is. Yeah, definitely. There, there are very few rides that you can eyeball anymore. And uh, that is definitely one that you can. You really don't need to fast pass this ride. I think it's uh, unless, you know, you really want to just cut the line and you're doing the fast pass refresh technique. Don't worry about it. You should be able to get on it sometime during the day. Yeah, certainly don't use one of your three fast passes, pre-booked fast passes on this ride. Big waste. Yes, for sure. All right, so what's next? All right, next up is Winnie the Pooh, which I love as a ride. I mean, it takes you in a little, you're in a little honey honey pot or honeycomb or honey, I don't know what the, the right description is. Some sort of honey-inspired vehicle. Yes, a honey vehicle. And a honey vehicle. <laughs> and you go through H-U-N-N-Y. the story. H-U-N-N-Y. 
Yes, got to spell it right. And you go into the 100 Acre Wood and you see Heffalumps and Woozles. And it's really a great ride. I mean, it's one that my kids loved, love, love at that young toddler stage. I mean, Winnie the Pooh is probably next to Mickey Mouse is the character they learn first in the Disney pantheon. So that's that's a great ride for young families. I mean, I do have a little bit of a grudge against it because it replaced Mr. Toad's Wild Ride in Disney World, which was my favorite. I feel a similar grudge, but let's be honest, Leslie, it's been like decades. It hasn't been that long. I remember it as an adult, the controversy, like reading it on Disboards or something. Hold on. Not that long. September 7th, 1998. <laughs> I'm old. I'm really old. I was in college. Yes. So I do. I was an adult. Okay. <laughs> so I guess I would say this is a usually ride. The queue is a lot of fun for kids. There's a lot of kind of stuff to interact with and play with, which is one of the things I love about New Fantasyland. They did a lot of kind of work on the queues to make it less boring, for lack of a better term, for kids to stay in line in. But still, I don't really want to stay in line for this ride. Um, so usually I'll try to fast pass it. I have really had great success fast passing this ride and refresh fast passing this ride. I was at the parks with my son back in uh, late January and it, the parks were like a seven or an eight, um, but we rode it four times. One time was at rope drop because at rope drop, there's like no one at Winnie the Pooh. So if you have a young kid and you're rope dropping with them, you don't need to go on any of the thrill rides. You can go straight to Winnie the Pooh, ride it a few times. And But the other three were from refreshing fast passes and just picking them up throughout the day. Um, and so, you know, we rode four times. It was my son's favorite ride of the trip. So, you know, there's a special place in my heart for it. My daughter doesn't love it as much, but you know, she's going to have to go. So what are you going to do? Force March of Happiness. That's what we do best. So for me, uh, Winnie the Pooh is pretty much an always ride, I would say. I mean, I'm sure I've skipped it on a trip or two. But yeah, it's because of the ages of my kids and where their interests lie. I am sure we will be moving on from it in the coming years. Now that I have a 10-year-old, we just had a birthday. My son's still still five and a half. So we still have a little bit of time in that zone. The double digits. Wow. I know. Moving on. So we hang a right and you can go to Storybook Circus, which is this kind of own separate area. And there you'll find Dumbo, the flying elephant, the classic iconic ride. They double the capacity by adding a second carousel. So it's a lot faster. And if there is a wait, they have, you know, this interactive ride queue. I think we've talked about it before, but it's actually like a playground inside and you get a beeper and your kids can play while you're waiting. And then when the beeper goes off, that's when you kind of get in line. Leslie, is this an always, usually, sometimes or never ride for you? It's actually an always ride for us. We love the classic attractions in my family. I think you'll start to see a trend as we go through these other lands, what we end up riding. It's a weird one because of the ages of my kids the last couple of years, we really do want to do the playground. My kids are dying to do the playground. So you want to like be able to hit it at a time where the queue is long enough that you have the playground, but like not so long that you have a wait before the playground. So it's it's a little bit tricky timing that and we don't usually fast pass it because they do want to hit that playground. So I mean, I mid morning, like an hour and a half, two hours into the morning is kind of where you hit that sweet spot. Is that your experience? Yeah, I mean, the playground doesn't even open until like 10 or 11. Like when I was there, like I said, it was pretty busy. But when we were there in the morning, like the playground wasn't even open. It isn't always ride for us. Although you made me feel like a terrible parent because I always kind of make sure either we grab a fast pass or we go when the line is shorter. Because when we pass the playground, I just cover my kids' eyes so that they don't know it's there because I know they'll want to stop and I don't want to. So you've uh, made me feel pretty bad. (laughs) 
We've already established like that we're just terrible parents when it comes to Disney. So, you know, it's all out there already, Joe. Don't worry. It's not about them at all. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it isn't always right for us. Um, and honestly, if I was by myself as uh, an adult, well, probably not as a solo adult, but if I was hanging out with other adults and they wanted to go on it, I would happily go on it. Another thing about Dumbo that I love is it has a great view of the park when you're up on that carousel. Um, and I really appreciate that. And so, you know, if it's obviously if it's my kids, they're like messing with the lever and we're like bouncing up and down. I'm getting like super sick. But if it's just me, you know, I'll just make it so that we go all the way to the top and I just enjoy the view for the ride. Yeah, definitely a pleasant one. So uh, next up in Storybook Surf Circus is the Barnstormer. And uh, spoiler alert, I never ride this. So, Joe, you're going to have to tell people what it's all about. It is a 30-second roller coaster. I think I timed it. It was exactly like 33 to 35 seconds or something like that. It is very tame, and it's really meant for you know kids to try out a roller coaster for the first time. You know, I, the height minimum is like 35 inches. It's like super short. Like even my tiny kids can fit on it. The line gets super long during the day, and the ride when the number of seconds you're on the ride is less than the number of minutes you wait in line, you kind of know that it is a rough attraction. My kids are also not thrill junkies, so they've both ridden it uh, with FastPass. But I would say this is a just sometimes ride for us. But I am using Barnstormer to kind of gauge my kids' kind of thrill level. And I'm going to keep putting them on it until they think that they're ready. And then I want to take them on you know bigger and better roller coasters. Yeah, I need to do it just for that reason because I have my younger child is is not a thrill ride junkie. We, you know, just barely got him on Soren and got a lot of complaints afterwards. <laughs> so Barnstormer might might just do him in. I don't know. Moving on, Under the Sea, The Journey of the Little Mermaid. And so this is a new ride that was put in for a new fantasy land. So what do you think about Under the Sea, The Little Mermaid attraction? How do you feel about it? I really like it. It's probably a usually ride for us. It took the classic dark ride and made it much higher capacity and much more involved in terms of the scenes. You know, you just follow the story, of course, of the Little Mermaid movie and, you know, see Ursula and have the happy ending and the kiss the girl song and all of that. It's identical for anybody who also goes to Disneyland. It's identical to the version in Disney California adventure. So that's why we sometimes skip it because we can get it at our home park. But again, it's another great one for the entire family. And I'm always like the total geek singing along to like every song. Embarrassing. You know, those clamshells are not like closed, right? Like the people right next to you are going to be hearing you. You know, I don't care. I have no shame at Disney. Okay. We're all kids when uh, we're at Disney. Uh, yeah. So this is pretty much an always ride for us. One thing I'll say, uh, one tip here is if you see that the queue is like 15 minutes, pretty much that means it's a walk-on. This has happened to me on enough occasions that I feel pretty comfortable saying that. The 15-minute queue is just you walking all the way through the queue. It is a long queue from the entrance uh, to where you get on. But you know, if you see 15 minutes or less, you can pretty much guarantee that you're walking onto that ride uh, unless something major has changed uh, since February. I will also say that this is probably my favorite ride in Fantasyland to get on when it is like super hot out. I think it's the under the sea theme or whatever, but it is the AC is really nice in there. So, um, you know, if that line is under 15 minutes, I think you just go around and around a few times to cool down in the middle of the day. Totally. I've been on it back and forth uh, because of the AC situation um, when we were there, gosh, during a summertime visit and we're so hot. But yeah, great AC. Yeah. At the beginning of the ride, uh, spoiler alert, but they turn your clamshell backwards and you go down a little like 
drop, which is kind of you dropping into the water. Oh, it feels so great. There's AC blowing right in your face. So make sure uh, you take advantage of that if it's hot out. Okay. After the Little Mermaid, you know, we get to another princess. There is the Enchanted Tales with Belle attraction, which isn't really a ride, but Leslie, I know you haven't done this. I think it's just because of the ages your kids didn't match up. But to explain it really quickly, your kids get invited to be part of a play and a animatronic Lumiere tells the story of Beauty and the Beast, but the kids like get to take part in the play. So at the very beginning, kind of in the waiting room, the wardrobe helps select roles for each of the kids. And so some kid gets to play the beast. And then one kid gets to play Maurice. Like they have to go to jail. Very sad. You know, someone gets to be Philippe, the horse. And so, you know, the kids get to interact with Belle in her story. They each get like kind of one quote unquote line to do like, you know, Philippe will do a nay, for example. And so, you know, it's a just great little attraction. Um, You get great photo ops with your kids. And then afterwards, it doubles as a character greeting because each of the kids gets to take a picture with Belle. Um, So, you know, it's a really nice attraction. And I would say it's, it's a usually ride for us. But again, this is one of those rides that you really want to get a fast pass for some rides in new fantasy land. You can get away with doing standby, but for enchant tales with bell, as long as we get a fast pass, we're going to ride it. Now you make me want to do this attraction. I'm sad that we, we had a little bit of a lull in our Disney world family vacations. And that lull happened to coincide with my daughter's very short princess stage. So I never have done it because we have no one who's obsessed with princesses right now, but I'm going to have to kind of force them on next trip because I, I want to see this. <laughs> it's 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 really cute. Uh, I really like it. Uh, the one thing I will say is if you have Memory Maker or even if you don't have Memory Maker, they give you a card at the end where you kind of scan it in or connect it to your Memory Maker or your PhotoPass. It is really annoying to delete all the pictures of all the kids that you don't know and don't care about when you are trying to get your picture. So that's the one kind of negative knock I have on Enchanted Tales with Belle. But really, that's just kind of picking nits there. Uh, I really enjoy it. All right. Well, let's move on to the one major thrill ride in Fantasyland, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. All right. Uh, I know this is unpopular, but this is like a sometimes ride for me bordering on never ride. It's not worth the lines for me. It's an amazing attraction, mild to medium thrills. And I really love the theming, but it's just not worth a hundred minute wait to me. Like I don't prioritize Seven Doors Mine Train as a fast pass because, you know, I like rides like Splash Mountain so much better. You can get it by refreshing fast pass. By the way, if you're hearing refreshing fast pass and you're not sure what we're talking about, please go back and check out our advanced fast pass plus tips and tricks episode. Uh, we talk about that there. Um, but yeah, you can get Seven Doors Mine Train from refreshing fast pass. But other than that, you know, I just I just don't kind of prioritize it. What about you, Leslie? I, I hear you, but that's blasphemy in my household, at least. We love it. It's an always ride for us, my daughter especially being. It's sort of that great sweet spot for her where she's not doing like the crazy coasters of like a Universal Studios yet. So it's a great like middle of the road coaster that she just like no fear, but all exhilaration. My son, we have not gotten him on it yet. We will eventually when he's like 18, but, but yeah, it's an always ride. And we do the rider swap with that as well because of having this reluctant five-year-old. And that's the one where the rider swap, you kind of wait with in the queue, like inside, right? Yeah. So we actually take my, my son through the queue um, and we're always fast passing it. I don't think I've ever waited in the standby line. Maybe, maybe I have like solo, like late, late at night or something. So yeah. And then they, they actually have you go out of the wheelchair 
exit and kind of wait right there. And then they swap you out in real time. So it's a very fast rider swap to accomplish. It's actually kind of nice. That is more convenient for families, but less convenient for people trying to game the system. Not that I would do that. Okay, so we are running pretty long. Let's bang through these last four pretty quickly. So the carousel, how do you feel about the carousel? You're always riding that or you're never riding that? I'm never riding that. Yeah, there's just so many opportunities to ride a carousel everywhere in the world that we just don't do it at Disney World. What about you? Yeah, we're the opposite. We always ride it because, yes, there are many opportunities around the entire world to ride carousels. But for some reason, our kids want to ride it every time they see it. So we are always ride uh, for the carousel. And, you know, it's a you're again, you're not going to have to wait a long time in the carousel line. And this is another one of those queues that you can kind of see the whole queue. So you're not committing a huge amount of time. So I can uh, take a break from the forced march to do that. Next, Mickey's Magic. When's the last time you rode that, Leslie? Is this a Monster Inc. Laugh Floor situation? <laughs> it might be for Disney World. I don't, I can't recall the last time I did it at Disney World. I probably when I was when I was like a teenager or child or something, if, if it was even around that long. I've done it at Hong Kong Disneyland more recently as an adult. Yeah. When's the last time you did it, Joe? A couple years ago, I will say it is a sometimes to never ride most of the time or attraction. It is a show. It's a 3D show. It's kind of like working off of Fantasia where I think Donald gets control of the orchestral baton and everything goes crazy because, you know, he's Donald. It's a cute show, but I'm not like dying to commit time to it. I will say this. If it's pouring rain out, it's an always ride for me. That's why I wrote it that time. Uh, anything I can go inside for like 15, 20 minutes, uh, that's golden. And I guess probably in the heat, you know, you could think about that as well. Yeah, AC is good. That's the reason I wrote it in uh, Hong Kong Disneyland was just the overwhelming heat and the random rainstorms. Okay, remember, send your hate messages to at Trips with Tykes on Twitter. <laughs> All right. Okay. So okay. Peter Pan, what do, you, what do you think? Yeah, I'm always riding it because... It is a better version, longer version of the Peter Pan ride than we have at Disneyland. And Disneyland has, believe it or not, an even longer queue than Walt Disney World has for Peter Pan because the capacity is so much lower. So that's a priority fast pass for me is getting fast is getting Peter Pan at Disney World because it is such a classic attraction. It's really funny now that we've gone through almost the whole list. I'm finding that I am very much an all or nothing person in Fantasyland. Like I have my rides I always ride and my rides I never ride. But Peter Pan is definitely on the top of the list for me. What about you? I think this is like a never ride for me just because I just like using my fast passes for other things. And it's like just it just seems completely asinine to wait in the standby line for this ride. This is this this queue is the opposite of the Mad Tea Party queue. You do not know the depths of the queue once you like kind of cross that threshold. If it says it's 90 minutes, it's probably going to be 90 minutes. You know, and the other thing is my kids aren't like super into it. They're just like, you know, I, I remember this when I was a kid as well. Like they're just a little creeped out at the end when Hook is doing a split on uh, the crocodile's mouth kind of haunts them or maybe it just haunts me and I'm just projecting on them. So, you know, it's not a uh, priority for us because the priority for our family is spoiler alert it's a small world we ride this multiple times a day every time we're in the magic kingdom it is an always ride times two uh, for us we are always on small world my kids love that ride i know a lot of people like it drives them crazy but i don't mind it i like the ride and i enjoy it and you know i always feel like i see things that i haven't seen before when i'm hanging out in there what about you leslie it's a small world yeah it's an always ride for us too it's my kids both have adored it and my son 
actually hums the Small World song pretty much daily in his life. And it has been, <laughs> what, like nine months since he was last at Disney World and probably at least seven or eight months since he was last at Disneyland. And that, like, it is emblazoned in the forefront of his brain. It, it makes a huge impression. So we're fans. It's one of those songs that they just start singing out of nowhere. Yep. Completely out of nowhere. We're fans as well. Man, there are a lot of attractions in Fantasyland. And honest, that's why I love it. You know, there's just so much to do. And you really could spend a whole day there, you know, just between all the attractions. So that's about it from here, unless you got anything else, Leslie. Nope. Let's save the rest for part two. So uh, we want to end with a quick Disney do or don't. What I would say is a quick Disney do. I think most people know this, but just in case, do make sure you kind of get a chance to walk through the castle. It's just, it's a, it's a neat experience to walk underneath the castle, which is, you know, technically part of fantasy land. It's closed off a lot because like whenever there's like a parade or like a show going on at the castle, it's closed off. And I think sometimes people don't realize that you can walk through there. To me, just walking through the castle is kind of one of those things that even if it's crowded, it's just something that I want to do because I love kind of walking under Cinderella's castle. I really appreciate that. Bonus Disney do. If you've already done that, there are a lot of kind of side paths that you can go on that are really not that crowded, like over by Sleepy Hollow, um, over in Liberty Square, you can cut over to Fantasyland on this side path that goes along the moat of the castle. And there's like, it's usually like pretty light there. Um, so, you know, make sure you take advantage of those side paths if you're trying to avoid crowds. Great tip, Joe. All right, that about does it for part one of our Fantasyland guide. We would love to hear your thoughts and your opinions on the different attractions in Fantasyland. You can drop a comment on the blog, or you can email us, DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com, tweet at us at WDWDeciphered, or find us on our Facebook page, Disney Deciphered. And again, as we said at the top, thank you all so much for listening. And if you're interested in partnering with us and supporting the podcast and helping us grow, please check us out at patreon.com slash DisneyDeciphered. Just as a reminder, we didn't cover the characters here in part one of Fantasyland. We will get to that next time. Thanks so much for listening, everyone, and we will talk to you next time with part two of our Fantasyland guide. Leslie, I will see you at Cinderella's Castle. Thanks, Joe.